When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, June 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds this morning. Could see some rain this afternoon. High 73. Tonight, Overnight, those showers likely low 65. And then Tuesday, sunshine, high 80. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 67 partly cloudy in Tuckahoe up in Westchester, 68 and partly cloudy down in Vineland in New Jersey. And it is 69 and a few clouds here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning yesterday. We were invited to the summertime event where you had to dress up. I had bought uh, recently, you know, slapped some money down for a nice cloth jacket and a matching shirt and some light colored trousers. You know, think like summertime clothing, all dressed up, ready to go to this big event yesterday. And I remembered I got to walk the dog before we do that because we're going to be out much of the uh, afternoon. So I go to walk the, my dog, Bailey, who I love so much. And we're about a half block into the walk. And I see she's limping with one paw in the air. And I was like, okay, that's not good. So I pick her up and I look at the paw and uh, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden I just see blood all over my hand. And uh, the paw was bleeding. And in the end, it was not a major injury or anything. But, okay, I'm like, I have to carry her back to the house. And as I carry her back to the house, and she doesn't seem to be any pain, I'm, like, grabbing her paw. I'm looking through it to see if there's glass or something like that. But during the process of this, I'm walking down my busy block, and I see people kind of staring at me oddly. And I realize... In the process, the blood that's on my hand is now on my forehead because I've gone to itch my forehead. And it's all over this uh, light tan cloth jacket that I had just purchased. Uh, so, okay, the jacket's completely ruined. I had to change. The good news is I brought beautiful Bailey up to the uh, bathtub on the second floor of the house. I washed it off. I looked at it closely. Couldn't find anything. Put some soap and some other stuff on it. Washed it off again. Patted it down. No more blood. She's fine. But my suit was ruined and I had to go back inside, redress. I didn't look as nice as I did initially do. But the good news is... Bailey is okay. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Donald Trump fights back right here on 77 WABC. Going to be rough driving on one part of I-95. Daniel Penny speaking out about his chokehold case. Your Grubhub order could cost a whole lot more soon. And new evidence of UFOs. All right, let's get into it. Were you listening to 77 WABC 3 o'clock yesterday? Uh, you missed it if you weren't, but you'll still have a chance to listen. It was the new Roger Stone uh, show having its premiere yesterday at 3 o'clock. And uh, he got the guest of the hour, 
the guest of the weekend was former President Donald Trump, who sat down for a nice interview yesterday with Roger Stone. Of course, the big talk was this 37 count federal indictment that he faces now. He says it's all a distraction. He says he's done nothing wrong. Here's what he told Roger Stone. If I weren't leading, this would never happen. Or if I wasn't running even more so, this would never happen. These fake charges. It's just fake. Uh, the boxes hoax. Biden has 1,850 boxes that he's not giving up. They're at the University of Delaware, I guess. And by the way, the tapes that you read about, those tapes are my tapes. I gave them very willingly the tapes. They didn't ask Biden for tapes. He doesn't, probably doesn't have tapes. It's, it was a disgrace what they did. And they did it for political reasons. They did it because they're not polling. I don't see how they can poll. The country's going to hell. And Donald Trump's former attorney general, Bill Barr, uh, saying that he thinks there's a lot to this case and that he thinks Donald Trump is toast uh, if this and when this goes to trial. Uh, so uh, Roger Stone asked him, is there any chance uh, that you're fighting this case and might be fighting more over the January 6th? Uh, attacks or uh, whatever you want to call it, the riots, depending on what side of the aisle you sit on, uh, or the uh, voting uh, in Georgia. Is there any chance you might drop out of the race? No, none whatsoever. No, I see no uh, I see no case in which I would do that. I would. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I had opportunities in 2016 to do it, and I didn't do it. And uh, some pretty big opportunities, yes, you know. You know, there were people that saying, well, just not, it's not going to happen. And uh, we did it. We ran a great race. But then think of it. In 2020, we got millions more votes, right? (laughs) That was Trump yesterday during this Roger Stone interview right here on 77 WABC, urging his supporters to join a protest planned for Tuesday outside the Miami Federal Court building where he's set to appear for his arraignment on those charges. Usual is you wait till death. You wait till everyone's gone and you do it. No, I'll be doing that very early on. But I did do a lot of it. Some people think it's... Oh, so here he is. Uh, okay, this is not the right bite. But here he is talking about um, RFK Jr. Did you hear the interview? Uh, it was about a month ago when he was talking with our owner and operator, John Katsumatidis, about uh, his father. And uh, did he believe the official case on how his father was assassinated? Or did he believe there was more to this case? So Roger Stone asked him about that and said, um, would you open up the files and talk about things like this? Usual is you wait till death. You wait till everyone's gone and you do it. No, I'll be doing that very early on. But I did do a lot of it. Some people think it's bad that I did it. You know, it's it's uh, that's why they have menus in restaurants, right? Everybody's different. You choose a different food. You choose a different whatever it is. But uh, but got a lot of credit for doing it. But I'll be doing the rest as soon as I get into office. He also asked him about UFOs and whether he has any information, whether UFOs are real, whether any UFOs have crashed here into the U.S. Here's what he had to say. Uh, recently, we've seen what seemed to be credible. Uh, OK, yeah. Hmm. OK, something's going on with my bites there. But we'll get into the story. Go to WABCRadio.com for the latest on the interview. You hit that front page. You'll see a beautiful picture. Roger Stone, Donald Trump together. You can listen to the whole interview interview for yourself and we will follow more of the story we're going to get some reaction from bill barr republicans and democrats as the morning wears on but wabc news time 509 let's stay on this donald trump indictment store indictment story of course everybody responding to it his former attorney general bill barr uh, slamming the president, saying uh, it did not have to go this far, but he also thinks that Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble here. He was totally wrong 
that he had the right to have those documents. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. And he says uh, he thinks the president is in a heap of trouble. They gave him every opportunity to return those documents. They acted with restraint. They were very deferential to him, and they were very patient. The president's uh, lawyers, they were out on the uh, talk shows over the weekend as well. Alina Haba, one of the people who represents the president, she says she would never advise him to accept a plea deal for his federal indictment. The only thing that was wrong was the raid on his home and the complete dual-tier system of justice that we're seeing here. And she says wait for the legal defense from his team and uh, you'll hear some surprises. You take a plea deal to make something go away, that's an admission of guilt. He would never admit guilt. Maybe he would just say I won't run for office and plea out that way. No way. It makes no sense. You plea when you've done something wrong or when you have no shot. We have strong defenses. Some Republicans coming to the president's defense over the weekend, one of them, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. He says that Trump had already declassified the documents the FBI found at his Mar-a-Lago resort. I go on the president's word and he said he did. And the Supreme Court said that's what counts. One GOP presidential candidate promising to pardon the former president, while another believes the former president should drop out of the race. Republican presidential hopefuls uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Asa Hutchinson both expressing their views on CNN yesterday after Trump's federal indictment in that classified document probe. What did Biden tell Merrick Garland? What did Merrick Garland tell Jack Smith? Because what I see in that document is deeply politicized. Not a single mention of the Presidential Records Act. That's Ramaswamy says the indictment makes him even more convinced that granting a pardon would be the right thing. Hutchinson accusing Ramaswamy of trying to get votes by using an applause line. The former Arkansas governor has already called on Trump to withdraw from the GOP race. Reading that indictment and looking at the selective omissions of both fact and law, then I'm even more convinced that a pardon is the right answer here. It is simply wrong for a candidate to use the pardon power of the United States, of the president, in order to curry votes and in order to get an applause line. Senator Lindsey Graham defending the former president against those federal charges under the Espionage Act. Espionage charges are absolutely ridiculous. The South Carolina Republican insisting Trump is not a spy, never shared top secret materials with anybody. Most Republicans believe we live in a country where Hillary Clinton did very similar things and nothing happened to her. Take a hammer to social media devices and break them apart apply bleach bit to a hard drive to erase emails, allow classified information to get on a felon's computer. She's talking about the Clint, uh, he's talking about the Clinton investigation there. And then former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan says Trump is said it best back in 2016 when he spoke about Hillary Clinton's email scandal. And he posted a montage from the former president's rallies that included clips where he went after Hillary Clinton. He says, uh, he went after Hillary Clinton for the same things that he says Donald Trump has done now. So, of course, uh, again, the president pushing back against this case. He'll be in court tomorrow morning, federal court, to answer the Senate 37-count indictment in Miami. The expected to be a rally, a pro-Trump rally outside the courthouse or as close as they can get. And again, you can hear the entire interview the president has given, the first one he's given since that indictment was handed down to Roger Stone by going to WABCRadio.com. Other people trying to get attention in this race for the White House, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez 
teasing a big announcement as speculation grows that he's going to jump into the race for the White House. My announcement is to stay tuned. Uh, next week, uh, I'm going to be making, like you said, a big speech in the Reagan Library. Suarez seemed to imply he intends to enter the race when he says he hopes to be included in the GOP debate come August. It's one that America should tune into. It's one where we talk about what the future of our country should be. It's getting awfully crowded in that GOP race. It should be a future that creates prosperity, not poverty. A future that promotes a freedom and liberty, not cancel culture. And then there's people you just kind of forget there, even even in the race. North Dakota Governor GOP presidential hopeful Doug Burgum says uh, he's staying focused on what he considers the nation's priorities. We're going to focus on three things. The economy, it's touching everybody right now. Energy policy, that touches everybody right now and completely related to national security. Uh, Burgum did not want to touch the uh, Trump's indictment other than to say his administration would follow all rules on handling classified documents if he wins the White House. If elected, I will get down to to the southern border in the first two weeks, not take two years like Biden did. When president and when we leave the office, that we will follow every rule related to handling classified documents. And President Biden will hold his first re-election campaign event next weekend in Pennsylvania. The president will attend a political rally with union members in Philadelphia June 17th. Biden has frequently highlighted his ties and support for labor unions, referring to himself as the most pro-union president in American history. The Laborers International Union of North America, that's a major construction union, endorsed Biden's re-election bid this week. Democrats have won Pennsylvania's 20 electoral college votes in five of the six presidential elections since 2000, with the last two carrying razor-thin margins. I'm Brad Siegel. 5.15, now let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Good morning, Noam Layden on the Diamond in the Bronx. The Yankees drop the rubber match finale against the Boston Red Sox 3-2 to to surrender the weekend series to their division rival, Jose Trevino's early two-run single was essentially all the Bombers could muster up at the dish as the offense continues to sputter with the absences of Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader. After an update today, they'll try and get back on track against the lowly Metropolitans in the first uh, installment of the Subway Series this season, set to get underway tomorrow night in Queens. And after snapping a seven-game losing streak on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, speaking of those Mets, they got right back to their losing ways yesterday with a 2-1 to loss in the series finale with the Pirates. A Jeff McNeil home run was one of just three hits on the day for the New York Bats as a solid showing out of Carlos Carrasco and the bullpen goes to waste. Here was manager Buck Showalter following the game on his team's one in five road trip. Move forward, you know, guys, take a day to hopefully uh, take a breath and get ready after to get after another good club. And uh, you know, we're not playing like uh, we think we're capable of. You know, all, you always have that concern, regardless of what time of the year it is. Or you know, I, I don't get into that, how many games are left and all that other stuff. You, you know, you want it to, you want to be operating on all cylinders. We know that's a real challenge, but uh, you still strive to get there. The loss hands the Mets their third straight series loss before heading into that short subway series against the Yankees starting tomorrow. On the hardwood tonight, the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat are set to tip it off for Game 5 of the NBA Finals at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Denver. Denver currently holds a commanding three games to one series lead and uh, your Belmont Stakes winner over the weekend, Ark Angelo. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellis. WABC News Time 519. Let's go over to Philadelphia. Boy, this is bad timing. Uh, maybe you saw this over the weekend, a collapsed stretch of I-95 in Philadelphia. It was after a tanker exploded. It toppled the overhead section 
of the vital interstate highway just in time for the summer season where people are trying to get from New York to D.C. or wherever they're going. Getting through Philly is going to be rough for at least the next couple months. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro was at the crash site yesterday. At least one vehicle is still trapped underneath. Preliminary reports indicate that a commercial truck carrying a petroleum-based product was the source of the fire. Now, the amazing thing, if this holds up, and it seems like it will, is nobody was hurt in this thing. Crews have put out the fires. Firefighters still there. I plan to issue a disaster declaration, allowing the Commonwealth to immediately draw down federal funds and move quickly to repair and reconstruct Philadelphia, this roadway. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney was also there, uh, thankful that nobody seems to have been hurt. We are not aware of any injuries or fatalities at this time, but we understand the situation remains fluid. And firefighters say it was just crazy when they got there. It took them a while to figure out exactly what was going on and to get re- anybody who might have been in danger out. We had heavy fire from a, uh, a vehicle. Once they we tried to extinguish the fire here, we did upgrade it to a hazmat box because uh, we got reports that it could have been a tanker. Yeah, so now the question is trying to figure out how everybody get everybody who wants to go through that area of, of I-95 uh, another way around and how many hours you might spend in traffic. We did have a collapse of 95 on the northbound side, and the southbound side is compromised by heavy fire. It looked like we had a lot of heat and heavy fire underneath the underpass. Those are uh, the runoff of uh, maybe some fuel or gas lines that could have been compromised by the accident. We have fire coming out of those manholes. Yeah, so now we've had situations before where major parts of highways have collapsed. Remember in uh, Los Angeles during an earthquake now maybe more than 20 years ago. They paid the contractors, the crew that came in to do the reconstruction. They said we would give you this huge bonus based on how fast you fix the highway. And guess what happens when you offer people a huge bonus to fix the highway as fast as they can? They do. Uh, you had one down in Atlanta where they thought it could take months to fix uh big portions of a highway that was vital to the Atlanta area. They did it in 44 days. So we'll have to see and watch what happens in Philadelphia. Really vital part of the highway that connects D.C. to New York to Philly. Uh, let's hope they're able to fix it faster than they say. But right now they're saying months. It would be months to fix this thing. 522, did you see this over the weekend? Ted Kaczynski, the man known as the Unabomber, found dead in his prison cell, they think it was suicide. A former FBI agent, Clint Watts, says in many ways it was a landmark case, the Kaczynski one, that marked the start of what he called the modern terrorism era. He was sending mail bombs, uh, I think as late as the 1970s, going well into the 1990s, if I remember correctly. And it was during the era when we were worried about domestic terrorism. Yeah, so he was 81 years old, uh, found dead Saturday morning in the medical center in North Carolina. He had been transferred there from a maximum security facility in Colorado back in 2021 for health reasons. Uh, more from this uh, a former FBI agent who says uh, Kaczynski, what he did was sort of remarkable and more remarkable that they finally caught up with they him. They actually allowed the media to print his manifesto, and that is what broke the case open because yeah. his brother, Kaczynski's brother, was the one that read the manifesto and recognized the writing. So it's a it was a remarkable investigative step. Do you remember this? His brother was the one who eventually turned him in, which is uh, sort of an amazing part of that story. Very different from the investigations you'd see today which largely are driven by Internet traffic, social media presence, doing, you know, polls of cell phones and credit cards.
Yeah, and uh, he was really crazed. Remember that Kaczynski was a Harvard-trained math professor who unleashed this deadly bombing campaign from a shack in rural Montana, became known as the Unabomber. Again, uh, died uh, over the weekend, 81 years old. They think it was suicide. 523, President Biden holding a huge event on the South Lawn over the weekend to celebrate Pride Month. You are loved. You are heard, you are understood, and you belong. The president said this uh, South Lawn event was the biggest pride celebration ever at the White House. He praised the LGBTQ community for their courage and for their hope to provide the world uh, with uh, with hope for other people who are LGBTQ. 524, let's bring it back home. One firefighter taken to the hospital, at least four others suffering minor injuries. Massive fire breaking out in a Bronx apartment building. This is last night, 1420 Noble Avenue in Soundview. Uh, a few hundred people chased from their homes by the thick black smoke billowing into the night sky. 200 firefighters battling the fire alarm blaze. Really bad. It was really bad that they couldn't even get the, the ladder up there. So they finally got the water to go all the way up. They got a baby with them right now, so they're trying to come down. And I ran to take my son out right away. He's 13 years old. Firefighters hit the upper floors of the six-story building with some high-powered hoses. A child rushed away on a stretcher but looked alert and looked to be okay. Another tenant frantically stayed on the phone trying to make sure other neighbors made it out okay. This is devastating. And um, this is a low-income block, you know, and a lot of people, they just can't afford to really be in these type of situations. And we just really need to pray for each other and, and figure it out together. Last night we watched on as the Red Cross set up a reception center on 174th Street for displaced neighbors. No word yet what ignited that blaze. Not too far away, one person killed after a car crashed into a 70-year-old woman walking on the sidewalk in Yonkers. This was on North Broadway last night. Then somehow this car climbed this huge hill and slammed into a house. Uh, there were three women inside that house watching TV. Amazingly, none of them were hurt because uh, pictures of the scene show the car like halfway into the house. Your husband just called me and said a car went into a house. Almost hitting her sister in the house. And she was all hysterical. But I don't... Yes, my cousins were sitting there in the living room. They were sitting there, and then I guess they heard the car come up. Yeah, the 70-year-old woman just walking home. 693 North Broadway is the home that the car smacked into. Sounds like it maybe was some sort of medical episode. So far, police not saying a whole lot about the driver, uh, except to say that she's okay. Uh, the car... Pulled out of this house. Uh, the house seems to be stable. The women inside seem to be okay, thankfully. Well, my cousin has a bump on her head, and her sister got scratches and all. But they're okay. I think they might have went to the hospital to get checked out. My cousins were sitting there in the living room. They were sitting there, and then I guess they heard the car come up. Yeah, as of last night, again, not immediately clear what caused that driver to lose control. Hit that 70-year-old woman and climb what is a huge hill to smash into this house in Yonkers. They say as more details come into us or to them, they will pass them on to us. We are just getting started on this early Monday morning as we work our way up to sit in friends in the morning. Before we head out of here, for the first time, we're going to hear from ex-Marine 
Daniel Penny in his own words about that chokehold case. You want to hold on to hear what he has to say. Your Grubhub order, which already seems a little pricey, could be a whole lot more expensive, at least here in the New York City area. We'll tell you why. And new evidence of UFOs from a family who says one crashed in their backyard. You're going to hear the 911 tape when they called cops to tell them they had seen aliens. It seems legit to me. We'll get into that as well. But first, this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is the stupidest, dumbest, most idiotic idea I ever heard of. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, June 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds this morning. Could see some rain this afternoon. High 73. Tonight overnight, those showers likely high 65. And then Tuesday, sunshine high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 67, partly cloudy in Tuckahoe. Up in Westchester, 68, partly cloudy in Vineland down in New Jersey, and it is 68 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour hearing from ex-Marine Daniel Penny, who's charged with killing homeless man Jordan Neely on the subway back in May. He says he wasn't trying to choke uh, Neely to death when he jumped into action after Neely was threatening passengers. The 24-year-old, if you've been following this story, charged with manslaughter after he was caught on video restraining Neely in what looked to be a fatal choke called on the F train. So now we're hearing from Penny in his own words, uh, here's what he had to say. Some people say that I was holding on to Mr. Neely for 15 minutes. This is not true. I mean, between stops is only a couple minutes. So the whole interaction lasted less than five minutes. Some people say I was trying to choke him to death, which is also not true. I was trying to restrain him. Uh, You can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. And then some people say that this was about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers, a lot of whom were people of color. A man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What, I don't believe that I'm, I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. Yeah, learning some new information from this interview that he did with the Law and Crime Network. Uh, first of all, he was described as a man who lived on Long Island. I mean, he's originally from there, but actually he's an East Village resident. So he knows the subways well. It wasn't like his first time on the subway. He says uh, he was listening to music at the time when Neely started uh, screaming and yelling. He felt like people were threatened and that he could not sit still and potentially watch Neely carry out the threats he was screaming. We were all scared. Mr. Neely was yelling in these passengers' faces. 
and they looked terrified. Um, the reason why there was no video at the start of the altercation was because people were too afraid getting away from him, and the the didn't the videos didn't start until they saw that situation was under control. I knew I had to act, and I acted in a way that would protect the other passengers, protect myself, and protect Mr. Neely. I used this hole to restrain him, and I did this by leaving my hand on top of his head to control his body. You could see in the video there's a clear rise and fall of his chest indicating that he was still breathing. And I'm calibrating my grip based on, on the force that he's exerting. And um, I just, I, I mean, I was trying to keep him on the ground as, until the police came. I was praying that the police would come and take this situation under, uh, take this situation over. I didn't want to be put in that situation, but I couldn't just sit still and let let him carry out these threats. As you remember, video of the fatal encounter went viral. There were protests at the subway station where this took place. And uh, Jordan, uh, rather, uh, Daniel Penny wants you to know, uh, you know, he was just going about his day on that day. Never thought it would end like this. And he feels badly about the way it ended, but he feels in the end he was protecting fellow riders. Well, I live in the East Village in Manhattan, so I take the subway multiple times a day. In this instance, I was coming from school. I got out of class around 2.15, and I took the J Street, I was at J Street Metro Tech, took the Uptown F train. Um, at 2nd Avenue, um, a man came on, stumbled on. He was, appeared to be on drugs. Um, the doors closed. And he ripped his jacket off and, violent, and threw it at the people sitting down to my left. I was listening to music at the time, uh, and he was yelling, so I took my headphones out to hear what he was yelling. And the three main threats that he repeated over and over was, I'm going to kill you, I'm prepared to go to jail for life, and I'm willing to die. You know, this, is a, this was a scary situation. Now, Neely's family, we should point out, do not see it the same way that Daniel Penny does. Uh, Neely's family blaming authorities for not ensuring he received the mental health care he needed for him to recover. If you remember the story, they say they had what they quote as 44 touches, which means that he had Jordan Neely had 44 interactions with city mental health providers and uh, he was somehow still out on the streets when he clearly needed help and they called on Penny to face murder charges of course the incident sparked protests which led to numerous arrests uh, Daniel Penny who as you heard there in his own words is due back in court on July 17th WABC news time 539 we've been telling you about this story over the weekend this teenage girl gets caught in the surf avon by the sea on the jersey shore it was friday morning her father races into the ocean to save her he gets caught in a rip current as well and drowns now we know who he is he's mark batista who is a longtime fdny firefighter they were on this beach uh, on Friday. You know, the lifeguards don't work seven days a week until uh, the summer really kicks in. So there were no lifeguards on duty as they were in the water on Friday. Got caught in this rip current. First responders did manage to save his daughter in time, safely return her to shore. That was not the same, unfortunately, for her father. I never witnessed uh, a drowning, so I had chills, and I still have chills right now. I just came up to the beach to sit and say a prayer. Yeah, FDNY releasing a statement over the weekend saying they're heartbroken to learn about the death of firefighter Mark Batista, 
who died while trying to save his uh, daughter. He had been with the FDNY 15 years, serving as a firefighter and as an EMT, uh, worked out of uh, Engine Company 226. Uh, people in the beach town by Avon by the Sea say, uh, you know, just tragic. Uh, this dad did the right thing, went in to save his daughter and was unable to get out. It's sad. Yeah, especially it's a dad who was trying to save his daughter. I know, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. That's what parents do, though, right? You really shouldn't be going in the water before the lifeguards or after the lifeguards, and that's typically when we have these uh, unfortunate accidents. Just a sad, very, very sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, Batista funeral plans have not been announced. 541, let's go out to Long Island. Cops asking for help. After messages of hate found in mailboxes throughout Plainview, Long Island, the flyers referenced the Goyam Defense League, which, according to the Anti-Defamation League, is an anti-Semitic hate group. Apparently, a lot of people got these flyers. NASA legislator Arnie Drucker says the police are searching for the people who put these flyers in mailboxes. More importantly, we have to understand where it's coming from. It's on the rise. It's not isolated incidents anymore. It's an undercurrent that's pervading every part of the Long Island and Nassau County. It has to stop, and we're not going to stand for it. Last summer, similar flyers were found in front of houses and driveways in Freeport. A common drug used to treat diabetes has the power now to prevent long COVID. This is a big deal. A recent study led by researchers at the University of Minnesota found that metformin lowers the risk of getting long COVID. The study revealed that overweight or obese people between the ages of 30 and 85 who had COVID were about 40% less likely to develop long COVID if they took the drug. Participants who received metformin were compared to participants who were given a placebo. The principal investigator said the drug is inexpensive, safe, and widely available, so this discovery could have significant public health implications. I'm Lisa Taylor. All right, so maybe your Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub order are going to cost more very soon. New York City yesterday announcing a new minimum pay rate for the app food delivery workers amid a rise in the uses of service like Uber Eats and DoorDash. Manhattan's uh, 60,000 food delivery workers currently make 7.09 an hour and then they get tips. Uh, this is going to, they're going to raise their salary to 19.96 an hour. The pay will increase to, uh, 17.96 on July 12th, then increase to nearly 20 hours an hour in April of 2025. So it'll go from 7.09 now to 17.96 on July 12th. Now someone's going to have to pay for the difference in that hourly salary, and I imagine it's going to be us. Some people okay with that, others not so much. They should be paid to deliver my food. It's a luxury to have my food delivered. I know, they're out there because people don't want to go out in the bad weather to get food. Well, that's true. People want the food delivered to them. Pay will be adjusted annually for inflation. That's what city officials say. Others say... Wait a minute, that seems like a lot of money. I, I just think it's so much. Well, what does that come to, like 60 grand? I think it probably comes, well, not 60 grand, but somewhere in that range. The city says delivery apps will have the flexibility in how they pay delivery workers the new minimum rate, but they'll have to pay that 1796 beginning on July 12th. This is a strange story out of Las Vegas. Police have released body cam and 911 audio of officers responding to a call from a family who claimed a UFO crashed in their backyard last month. The Las Vegas family called 911 to report something had crashed and that they saw strange people coming out of some sort of ship that had landed in their backyard. Now, this 
a lot of times you feel like, okay, maybe someone's been drinking. Maybe they've been getting high all night. They've seen something. That's not the case here. It was like a father and his two sons. Here's a little bit of it. And we just see in a corner of our eye, something fall down from the sky. And it was with light. And when it hit down, it was like a big impact. And we felt it. We felt like an energy. And then, and then, and then we hear like a lot of footsteps n- near us. Yeah, so the caller told the dispatcher that he was in his backyard with his brother and his dad when he heard a crash, then saw nine-foot-tall, non-human creatures walking around. Now, I want to play the whole tape for you so you don't think I'm hiding anything, and I'm going to do it uh, in just a moment. First, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Aladin. We will begin on the Diamond in the Bronx. Yankees dropped the rubber match finale against the Boston Red Sox 3-2. to two. To surrender the weekend series to their division rival. Jose Trevino's early two-run single was essentially all the Bombers could muster up at the dish as the offense continues to sputter here with the absence of Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader. After an update today, they'll try and get back on track against the lowly Mets in the first installment of the Subway Series this season, set to get underway tomorrow night in Queens. And speaking of those lowly Mets, after snapping a seven-game losing streak on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, the Mets got right back to their losing ways yesterday with a 6-1 to loss in the series finale. With the Pirates, a Jeff McNeil home run was one of just three hits on the day for the New York Bats as a solid showing out of Carlos Carrasco, and the bullpen goes to waste. Here was manager Buck Showalter following the game on his team's 1-5 road trip. Move forward. You know, guys, take a day to hopefully uh, take a breath and get ready after to get after another good club. And, uh, you know, we're not playing like uh, we think we're capable of. You know, all, you always have that concern, regardless of what time of the year it is. Or, you know, I, I don't get into that how many games are left and all that other stuff. You, you know, you want it to you, you want to be operating on all cylinders. We know that's a real challenge, but uh, you still strive to get there. The loss hands the Mets their third straight series loss before heading into that short subway uh, series against the Yankees starting tomorrow again. On the hardwood tonight, the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat are set to tip it off for Game 5 of the NBA Finals at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Denver. Denver trying to close things out, currently holding a commanding three games to one series lead. And over the weekend, Gnome, your winner of the Belmont Stakes arc, Angelo. Back to you. WABC News Time 548. So, I want to finish this story. Las Vegas police releasing the body cam and the 911 audio of officers responding to a call from a family who claimed a UFO crashed in their backyard. This was last month. Now, these people don't sound crazy to me at all, but what they claimed to have seen and heard was a crash. They walked outside of their home. It was a dad and his two sons, teenage sons. And uh, they said they saw nine-foot-tall, non-human creatures walking around. So here's what the 911 audio sounded like. Okay, lady. Me, my dad, and my brother, we're working in a truck in our backyard. And we have a big lot outside, right? Correct? Okay. We were working, and we just see in a corner of our eye, something fall down from the sky. And it was with light. And when it hit down, it was like a big impact. And we felt it. We felt like an energy. And then, and then, and then we hear like a lot of footsteps n- near us. And then we have a big, a big uh, equipment, and, and we see, and there's a, there's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, uh in, in, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually we so just two, we're terrified of it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard. Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot. I don't know. They're, they look like they look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes. Okay. Like, like I can't explain it. And big mouth. 
they're shiny eyes and and they're not human. They're hundred percent. They're not human. Yeah, I mean, it sounds normal to me, right? It doesn't sound like he's on anything. It doesn't sound like he's high. A police raced over, but unable to find anything. It is interesting. The house. Oversight Committee preparing a hearing on UFOs now after another unconfirmed report that the U.S. has found crashed alien spacecraft. Uh, New Yorkers not sure what to think about this. Uh, we're not big believers usually when it comes to UFOs. I may have seen one. There are other civilizations and other people outside of the Earth. <laughs> For sure. You know, I think it's uh, highly likely that some of them are surveilling us. I haven't seen UFOs. I can't say I wouldn't believe in it because obviously if I look up and I see something, I'm going to be like, oh, it's a UFO. I have no clue whether I believe in them or not. I think a lot of them are hoaxes. Yeah, well, that's a strange story out of Vegas anyway. Uh, let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning. The Nothing bigger than what happened right here on 77 WABC, 3 o'clock yesterday. It was the premiere of the new Roger Stone show. And his first guest was Donald Trump, uh, fresh off this 37-count federal indictment, the first long-form interview that President Donald Trump had sat down for since that indictment was announced last week. Uh, he says he's done no wrong, and uh, he said he did nothing wrong with these classified documents. Here's what he told Roger Stone. If I weren't leading, this would never happen. Or if I wasn't running, even more so, this would never happen, uh, these fake charges. It's just fake. Uh, the boxes hoax. Biden has eighteen hundred and fifty boxes that he's not giving up. They're at the University of Delaware, I guess. And by the way, the tapes that you read about, those tapes are my tapes. I gave them very willingly the tapes. They didn't ask Biden for tapes. He doesn't probably doesn't have tapes. It's it was a disgrace what they did. And they did it for political reasons. They did it because they're not polling. I don't see how they can poll. The country's going to hell. Of course, the president, former president, facing some serious charges. Uh, he'll have to answer or at least show up in court Tuesday morning in the federal courthouse in Miami. He's asked his supporters to show up and hold a big Donald Trump rally, which I'm sure they will do. Roger Stone was asking about this case. And, of course, there may be two more coming, one in connection to the January 6th uh, case and another into that voting case in Georgia. And he asked Donald Trump, is there any chance that you might just drop out of this race? It may be too much to run a campaign. No, none whatsoever. No, I see no uh, I see no case in which I would do that. I would I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I had opportunities in 2016 to do it and I didn't do it. And uh, some pretty big opportunities. Yes, you know, you know, there were people that saying, well, you just not it's not going to happen. And uh, we did it. We ran a great race. But then think of it. In 2020, we got millions more votes, right? <laughs> of course, the president accused him of mishandling hundreds of classified government documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Uh, Roger asking him about a bunch of other things as well. One of them was uh, about uh, RFK and the assassination of RFK. You'll remember John Castamatidis uh, on his uh, Sunday show asked uh, RFK Jr., if he believed the official word on how his father was assassinated and who was behind it. And he said he did not. So uh, Roger Stone asked Donald Trump if uh, he would release more details about this case if he returns to the White House. Usually you wait till death. You wait till everyone's gone and you do it. No, I'll be doing that very early on. But I did do a lot of it. Some people think it's bad that I did it. You know, it's it's uh, that's why they have menus in restaurants, right? Everybody's different. You choose a different food. You choose a different whatever it is. But uh, but got a lot of credit for doing it. But I'll be doing the rest as soon as I get into office.
Roger Stone did a great job, so you can listen to the entire interview. Go right now if you want to. WABCradio.com. You'll see a picture of Roger Stone and former President Trump right there on the front page. Click on that, and you can hear the entire interview. Meanwhile, everybody responding to this indictment over the weekend, including uh, President Trump's former Attorney General Bill Barr, who thinks that Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble this time, trouble that he will not be able to get out of. He was totally wrong that he had the right to have those documents. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. Bill Barr disagreeing with claims by Donald Trump and some Republicans that the Justice Department's 37-count indictment is politically motivated. Bill Barr said that's not the case. They gave him every opportunity to return those documents. They acted with restraint. They were very deferential to him, and they were very patient. And attorneys for the former president say they will not advise him to accept a plea deal in this federal indictment. The only thing that was wrong was the raid on his home and the complete dual tier system of justice that we're seeing here. That's Alina Haba, who is part of the president's legal team. You take a plea deal to make something go away. That's an admission of guilt. He would never admit guilt. Uh, she says she can never imagine. Uh, she thinks that they have a defense that'll be good enough to beat back to this case. Maybe he would just say, I won't run for office and plead out that way. No way. It makes no sense. You plea when you've done something wrong or when you have no shot. We have strong defenses. WABC News Time 556. The FBI warning people about this grandparent scam. We've been seeing it a lot over the uh, last couple months in the scam. Older people are called by people posing as family members who supposedly have been arrested and need bail money right away. And uh, millions of dollars have come out of grandparents' hands into these jerks, people who are asking for the money, uh, especially in the tri-state area. It's been big over the last four or five months. Really just slow down. Stop and you know understand what they're being asked, who they might be being asked from. Find some time to document that information and then contact their loved one and law enforcement to understand is this actually truly happening. Yeah, that's an FBI agent telling you if you get this call, you answer your cell phone and someone says that they are your kid kid or your kid is behind bars or their grandkid is behind bars, you should uh, find another phone and call your kid and see if they're okay. And he says 99% of the time that will be the case. The kid is okay. But a lot of times the grandparents, nervous in that moment, don't think about it and they part with money they think is going to get them out of jail. way to stop them and to retain and get the money back is to contact law enforcement. They can either contact the FBI directly or contact us online, fbiic3.gov. Yeah, unfortunately, once you part with that money, you never get it back. 